This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 247. What initially drew me to human design was 100% the application of teams, only because as I shared, I came from a lot of team environments where it felt like there was a lot of potential, but there was not a deep level of understanding of one Mm -hmm. another. And so with teams, you know, it varies. Like I often will go in and kind of do deep dive team workshops to really support the team and helping them know how they operate best as a unit, you know, like how best to communicate with each person, what kind of teams each person works best in, like how they make decisions, where their strengths are, where they might get taken off track, all those things. And so like, it's just such a fun, it's so fun and so revealing because I think when we start to like have that information, it really like, we're able to just like operate so much more effectively because I think we get so tripped up when we really expect someone to be similar to us or different than what they are. And so like, I think that these team sessions are so powerful and just like revealing how best to function individually and together. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler. And as you probably picked up from the opening clip, we are going to explore a tool today that maybe you have never heard of or are not aware of. I know that I wasn't when Erin Claire approached me to be on the show. But one of the things I love about doing this show is that I'm able to open up new ideas, explore different avenues around the concept of helping people be the best that they can be through our coaching, through the tools we connect them with. And there are so many different resources out there that one of the joys of doing this show for me is meeting people who are doing many different things, bringing it forward to you, and you can choose, does this resonate with me? Is this helpful to me? Or is this something that hmm, it was interesting to learn about, but no, it's not a fit for me. Throughout the shows, whether we're talking about skill building, business building, or leadership principles, that's the beauty of all the information that's out there. And the concept of this show is putting things in front of you, helping you gain new awareness, and then deciding, is this something that I want to go with? So for any of you who have not met me, my passion is helping people be the best that they can be. First, as a psychotherapist for over 20 years, I've been in executive coaching now for 13 years and a coach instructor. And I believe, I truly believe, as hokey as it sounds, but I truly believe that we can all be better, that we can help one another be better by tapping into those things within each of us that are our unique gifts and talents. And sometimes people need other people to be able to do that. Often partnering with somebody else can help us go faster, further, and more effectively. So I believe in the process of coaching. I believe that the more coaches that are in the world that know what they're doing and do it well to help their clients be the best that they can be is just an incredible ripple effect. 
I do that through my mentoring, through my working with leaders in organizations, helping leaders use coaching in their leadership style. All those things really light me up and help forward that concept of let's tap into each person's unique abilities and strengths and help them spotlight what those are so that they can build their confidence and approach the world in a way that is not about scarcity, but about abundance. So we are definitely going to be looking today at a tool, like I mentioned right out of the gate, is a a new tool for me that I was unaware of, but with somebody that Aaron Claire Jones, who's my guest today, definitely has that perspective as well of how can we help people be the best they can be. And she uses a process called human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their uniqueness, step into their work and their lives as their truest selves, therefore tapping into their highest potential. Her work as a guide, coach, and speaker has attracted a growing community of over a 100,000 people who use her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips, and deeper self-knowledge. And isn't that really kind of what it's all about? The more awareness we can evoke within ourselves and within others, the more that we can engage in life with ease and authenticity. Erin's work is featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Well and Good, etc. I mean, she is out there known. She's been doing this for a while now. Now, she's going to explain what human design is to all of us. But in basic, human design is a synthesis of ancient wisdom and modern science that sheds light on a person's energetic makeup, as well as specific tools that they use in life at their happiest, their healthiest, and at their highest potential. It doesn't change who they are. It helps them understand and teach them who they are. So what I'm going to recommend to all of you is if you happen to be listening at this at a place where you can first look up what your human design is, it might give you that much more sort of interest and engagement in the interview, because as she describes the different designs, you'll hear yours, and it will either resonate with you or not resonate with you. And and that might just make it that much more fun. So if you want to look up your design before the interview even begins, go to erinclairejones.com slash lookup. That's Erin, E-R-I-N, Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, Jones, J-O-N-E-S dot com slash lookup. You don't have to do that right now. I'm going to have the link for that in the show notes. But I just thought it might be fun for you to know where your design falls so that as Erin's describing the different types, you can determine, oh, she's talking about me. And that might be kind of fun. So now that we've built the suspense, let's go ahead and go to my interview with Erin Claire Jones. Good morning, Erin Claire Jones. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. You are bringing a unique perspective. And what I love about doing the show is being able to introduce everybody who listens to the show, and and many of those are coaches, to different strategies, different ways for us to be our best, and also how what are their tools out there that can help our clients think differently as well. So you bring the concept of human design, and we're going to talk about that. By the time you leave this episode today, everybody's going to know more about human design, what that is, what you might want to do with it. And I'd love to start with what led you to this kind of work? Yeah, I don't think I could have anticipated that I would end up in the world of human design. I had no idea what it was, you know, growing up, you know, I know we'll talk about what it is, but it basically is a system of understanding ourselves And prior to discovering human design, I came from a startup background. I worked with a lot of different companies. I was really invested in entrepreneurship and I really did enjoy it, but I also felt like I observed a lot of dysfunction with the teams that I was working with. And it also always felt like my obsession was like with the people. I always wanted to know like how people could work better together and what kind of support they needed. And like, that was just always my orientation. And I discovered human design very serendipitously in 2015. I live in New York and was at a gathering and had a stranger sit next to me and was like, I want to look up your human design. I was like, okay, sure. Like, yeah. and he looked at my, fine, tell me everything. And he looked at my, he looked at my human design and gave me this like mini reading that was so resonant. And it was so powerful for me because I was like, I'm not living any of that. I was like, I recognize all of that within myself, but I haven't really ever given myself permission to fully step into it. And as he started to kind of really shed light on different layers of human design, I realized that it was not only such a transformative tool individually, but to bring in the teams in terms of knowing how best to kind of support each other, even in a romantic partnership, families, all of it. And so he actually really invited me into building a business with him. So I, I worked with him for a couple of years before I launched my own practice in 2018. And it's been a really wild journey ever since, but I think think that like, it really has allowed me to just like step fully into just like supporting people to be themselves and human design more than anything else just gives us permission to be who we are. So good. And that that concept also, if you just never, you just never know when you're going to meet somebody, we're going to sit next to somebody in an event, we're going to cross paths, and then they become so influential in our lives or, or we're opened up to a door of something that we just never even knew was there. So, so powerful. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, I felt very, you know, looking back, it really was so, it just felt like so perfect. Like that moment really did shift so much. And I'm sure I would have discovered human design at some point, but like years later, you know, and and when I discovered human design, it was so new to like the mainstream. People really had no idea what I was talking about. And it wasn't really until early 2018 that it felt like people like really started being very curious about the system. So I'm very curious about this. So we're talking about a way to better understand ourselves. Yes. And where do we want to start as we sort of indoctrinate the audience into what is human design? Yeah. So I'd say we start with the type. So just, you know, high level human design is a system based on our exact time, date and place of birth. So similar to astrology in that way, that really gives us like our energetic blueprint. And what I mean by that is how we are wired to make decisions and work within teams and parent and partner and collaborate and all the things. And rarely am I telling people anything they don't know. It's often just giving them a language for things they have always known about themselves, but never really like fully allowed themselves to step into. And it's such a powerful reminder that we're all meant to do it differently. And human design lets us know exactly what that looks like for us. And and one thing I'll say before we get into the types is that 
part of why I fell in love with human design is just how grounded and actionable and accessible the information is. Like, even though it can feel very cosmic and that it comes from our, the stars and from our birth information, it's so like, you know, simple in terms of like, you make decisions like this and you work best in this kind of environment. Like it really is so tactical. And so I so appreciate that because I think it it gives us so much to do with the information. It's not just inundating people with more information, but so many tools to kind of actually integrate it into their lives to find more alignment. Yeah. So, tools can be so yeah. helpful versus just information. Which is what fun. About, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just fun. But like it, when we think about hum, human design, I know we're going to get into the types kind of foundational aspects of it. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's honestly very experiential. Like I will tell people if like human design doesn't resonate with them, like let it go hundred percent. As okay. I would say with any tool, you know, I right. think that like I've worked with over 10,000 people and I've been like astounded by the accuracy. Like, and even the people that are the most skeptical, they're like, I don't want to believe you, but this is crazy accurate. So like, you know, the, the origins of the system are very mystical. It's not a science, you know, okay. it is a system that was received, meaning it was channeled by the founder who's no longer alive in 1987. Okay. And so when he kind of received the information, he received it as like, this is a quantum system that pulls together the Kabbalah and the I Ching and astrology and the chakra system, quantum physics and genetics and biochemistry to kind of give us this like blueprint to how we operate at our best, you know? So that was how it was received. And then kind of he spent the next 20 years building it out. I think one thing I would just say, because I do work with so many skeptics and with so many teams is that the question I ask is never like, is this true? But like, is it helpful? And I just so find like, you know what I mean? And it just mm-hmm. feels like that really allows people to kind of engage with it in a way where it's like, that is so helpful, you know? And it just like reminds me that I operate so differently than like my kids and my colleagues and my partner and all the things. So um, I just think that like people, you know, take what resonates, leave the rest. Like this is meant to be a thing that empowers and supports you and not one that kind of limits you or disempowers you in any way. Wonderful answer. (laughs) Sets the stage beautifully. So let's get into the types. Okay, cool. So, you know, human design is like very complex, meaning that there are like a bajillion different configurations and everybody's design is incredibly unique. But at the highest level, there are five different types. And then it kind of starts branching out from there into a lot more specifics. And, you know, we'll put a, a link to look at the chart in the show notes. It's erinclairjones.com slash look up, but you'll see it's crazy looking like lots of colors, lots of wild things. So, but most importantly, starting with your type. So there are five different types manifesting generators, generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. And with each type comes a strategy. And so the type is basically how to best use your energy in the world. The strategy is kind of how to best create the right opportunities for yourself. So um, we're going to get to you in a second because you're a projector like me, Um, but we're going to start with the manifesting generators and generators, and then we'll kind of move on. So okay manifesting generators and generators, I'll I'll talk about them collectively and then, you know, separately. So they really are the ones that are the energy and the life force to kind of build, create and make things happen. An ideal day for them might be one where they wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy. They use up their energy in super satisfying, energizing ways throughout the day. And then they kind of drop into bed, like exhausted and fulfilled. The more they use up their energy in ways that feel good, like the more they'll be able to kind of sleep at night and also wake up energized. And one of the biggest lessons for both of these types is around prioritizing their satisfaction and excitement. Like they've got such capacity that people probably want them to do all sorts of things. And one of their biggest lessons is like, 
when I'm doing something that lights me up, whether it's the work that I'm doing, the people I'm spending time with, like I have so much more energy. I become so much more magnetic and I uplift everyone around me. But when I'm doing things I don't really enjoy that really deplete, exhaust me, it drains my battery so quickly. And so really kind of learning how to prioritize and say yes to the things that excite you and no to what doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. inside work and beyond Um, manifesting generators specifically are often quite multi-passionate by nature. They often like having their energy on a lot of things at once. They can feel like a little bit superhuman. People are like, how do you do it all? Like, should you choose just one thing? But like their gift is having their energy in all the things and moving very quickly. Um, Not necessarily handling every single step on the way, but really in efficiency and bringing an idea to life. Um, And also knowing they're not really meant to do the same thing forever. So giving themselves permission to pivot, move on generators bring this kind of like mastery, this steadfast commitment, also these amazing doers, but you know, they might love to go deep into a process and then kind of when it's time moving on, but both like such amazing energy, vital, just like uplifting energies to be around. And their strategy is about magnetism. They're not really meant to chase after anything. Life is meant to come to them. And their work is to kind of keep their awareness open and see what shows up in their world that sparks them. And once they get sparked, they can kind of go after something and make it happen. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah, that's clear. That's exciting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine it might be useful to know as a business owner that you're like a generator and you're like, okay, I'm here to be so lit up by what I'm doing. So what are the aspects of my business that are the most exciting? Can I invest more and more energy in those things? What are the things that feel the most draining, depleting, exhausting? Can I hand any of those things off? And like, mm-hmm. that's actually not a selfish thing. That's going to allow me to become so much more magnetic and also bring so much more energy to my like team, family, all of it. Right. So really that self-awareness and, and it's almost like giving them permission to pay attention to where that energy flow is and, and that it's not um, shirking their duties if they are selective about the things they hand off and the things that they do. 100%. And that's not selfish, you know, it's right. going to be the thing that really gives them so much energy and makes them so much more impactful. You are a projector. I'm also a projector. And so projectors, you know, it's very tempting for projectors to want to be the doers and like, want to just like do, 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 but like projectors are really here to be the leaders, the guides, the advisors, the teachers, not here to do all the doing projectors are so innately sensitive to other people and really are so wise at how other people can use their energy best, which makes them amazing coaches, therapists, CEOs, managers, like positions. Even like when I talk about my startup experience, I was always like the people, like how can the people work together best? Like right. there's just such an obsession on how people can work together better and like really supporting them by asking the right questions. And so, so much of being a projector is not that you're not here to do all the doing, you know, and you might find that your energy really operates in ebbs and flows. Like you might have a spurt of three hours and they need to like nap and rest and maybe like work again, but it's not about do, do, doing all day long, which can really burn you out and making sure you feel really supported, you know, and that you're again, not doing all the doing yourself. Projectors tend to work really well with people one-on-one. That's not the only expression of our energy that's most effective, but projectors have such a gift for making people feel really seen and recognized. And so that can be a really beautiful venue for that. And often projectors love systems. They love anything that kind of helps them better understand people and how they work. It's so true. Cause I feel like (laughs) systems give me freedom. Like if I have a system and I don't have to re I'd love like systems and structure. 
Totally. So good, you know, and it's also really good for projectors to kind of create space each day to not only kind of like output and work with people, but just like input, taking in information, studying, exploring, so nourishing. So, and the strategy for projectors is waiting to be recognized and invited in. And the idea is that because you bring such a kind of unique perspective and energy to the table, it's so important to kind of invest your energy in the clients, the friends, the intimate partners that like really recognize you, really see you and really invite you in. Like if you're brought into something and expected to be a doer or something else, like it can just burn you out like crazy. But if you're like brought into something, they're like, I see you, I want your advice. I want your guidance. Like tell me everything. Like that's how we thrive, you know, because like projector energy is like a little bit intense and I think in a really beautiful way. And so people are not ready for your guidance. They might really resist it. And so just like really paying attention to where in your life, you feel the most recognized and invited in. And the last piece that I would share on this is that like, it's not a passive strategy. It's not about like sitting on the couch doing nothing. You know, people can't see you unless they, they can't invite you in unless they see you. So in some ways your job is to like, let yourself be seen. Mm. So good strategy for projectors is not necessarily like pitching all the people, but just like sharing like who you are and what you do on your podcast, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever, like whatever newsletters, whatever form it takes, like letting people know who you are, what you're up to, what you're inspired by and kind of like letting them resonate and come to you. Beautiful. How does that feel to you as a projector hearing this for the very first? Yeah, because I am hearing this for the very first time with all of you. Interesting. So I don't know if we shared that I was a therapist prior to going into coaching. Uh, So I have been and I got that that sense of needing to work to help other people affect positive changes in their life, probably when I was like 13 years old. I mean, like really a lot that this is what I was going to do and how am I going to do that? And, and that whole concept of needing time to, to fuel myself, that it can't always be out there doing that, that resonated a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about the like do-do doing? Do you feel like you're good at taking breaks and rest and space? Or do you feel like you get a little bit more lost and like, I've got to do-do do all day long? What I feel like is that I get caught in the, I've got to do, do, do all day long, but that I'm not as effective when I do, do, do all day long, but I force myself to do it. And I know that that's not the best thing. Totally. You know, and one of the biggest shadows for us as projectors, because we all have areas of learning and areas to work on. It's just like an overzealousness. <laughs> and it's just like, I would keep going and going and going, you know, and, right. and so much of the lesson is I'm, I'm actually so much more effective and can be so much more successful when I honor like the inconsistent flow of my energy and give myself lots of space to like rest, you know, do nothing. And it's obviously going to be different as a parent and with all these other things, right. but just kind of pulling away and giving yourself those pockets can make such a difference. Then we've got manifestors and reflectors. So manifestors are really the ones that are here to initiate. These are the ones that are here to kind of get things started, get the ball rolling, not always here to do all the doing themselves, but often to kind of get things off the ground. Mm -hmm. Often manifestors really value like freedom and autonomy and control. Like they're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. They can often thrive in a more entrepreneurial setting, or if they are working for a company just given freedom, where it's like, this is your domain, do what you please, like, let's know how it goes. And, you know, they can be very innovative and very visionary. Like they're really here to be the first. And so they might, you know, do a thing that hasn't been done before or walk a path that hasn't been walked and kind of trusting that they're here to be the first and show us a new way. And their strategy is about initiating. They're not here to wait for anything. Like once an urge comes to like make something happen, they're designed to like go after and make it happen. You know, whether it's reaching out or building a company or building a movement or whatever form it takes. And then the second part of their strategy is around informing, which basically means that 
if they just like go off and initiate and don't let people know what they do before they do it, people can really resist. But if they just like let people know and give people a heads up before they fly, they might find a lot more flow in their lives. And that can be as simple as like telling their partner they're coming home late, you know, instead of just mm-hmm. like, they're fine, not knowing, you know, or like, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm leaving the room, or like, I've decided to book the spontaneous trip, I'm going to tell my parent, you know, or like, I've decided to go this direction with my project, I'm going to like tell a collaborator, like, just like letting people know and keeping them informed really allows you to feel so much more ease. And I just want to clarify that informing is not about asking for permission or even explaining yourself. It's just letting people know what you do before you do it. Right. That concept of not getting so caught up in your own, that you're not effectively communicating with others. Like you said, it's not about asking permission. It's about sort of the politeness or just the the mutual respect. Yeah. Of letting people know, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. Totally. You know, and I think it really benefits all of us. You know, I think Mm -hmm. part of why it's so impactful for manifestors is because their energy is so impactful. And like, if they're going to go do a thing, people will just feel it. (laughs) So they'll be like, they're doing a thing and I don't know. So just like letting them know is like, okay, got it. We're on the same team. Amazing. The last type is a reflector. Reflectors are quite rare, about 1% of the population. So quite small percentage, you know, but they really are our collective mirrors. These are people that are incredibly sensitive to their environment and they basically kind of take in and mirror whatever space that they're in. So you really get a good sense of how a team is doing a family or a community by how that reflector is showing up. So it's so important as it is for all of us, but so especially for reflectors is that they are such ruthless curators of the people and places they're spending time in, you know, their office, their home, their city, things can really stagnate or feel very toxic if they're in the wrong space. And part of the magic of reflectors is that they are very fluid beings. Like they have the ability to kind of tap into so many different ways of expressing themselves. So they're not really here to like figure out who they are or express themselves in just one way, but like honor whatever feels like them that day, whether it's as a projector, manifestor, manifesting generator, a manifestor, like they experience it all. And the last piece that I share about reflectors is that they're, we call them evaluators in the context of business because they just really carry such a kind of unique objective perspective on what's happening. And so just really being in a space where that really feels invited in, you know, and their strategy is so much around like giving themselves time with decisions and also around being in the right physical space and kind of when to be initiated and invited by others so that they're really investing their energy in people and places that value them. Wow. That almost sounds to me, and I don't know if this is accurate at all, but it seems to me like the reflector would be highly sensitive. I mean, like if, if I'm reflecting everything that's going on around me, like you said, I'd have to be super protective of what's coming out because gosh, if I'm, but the highly sensitive person sort of flashed in my brain when you said that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we all have basically areas in our design where we're really sensitive. Like I would say for you too, you're incredibly sensitive, Mm -hmm. you know, at least according to your design. And so Mm -hmm. there, and so reflectors have every possible area of sensitivity open, you know, but I think that like, there can be a resilience to them as well, as long as they find that balance. But that is exactly like you said, that's why it's so important for them to just like be in spaces that feel good around people that feel good because then they're choosing to take an energy that actually really uplifts, excites, like energizes them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we all need time alone, but I would say, especially for reflectors, like also giving themselves plenty of space to kind of pull away and be in their own own energy is essential as a way to just disconnect from everything that's not there. Yeah. So good. So now we, we understand the types Yeah, and if we were working with this or if we were like, what do we do with that then? So well, there's one other aspect I'd recommend. Do you want to talk about that? Which is yeah, called the go authority. For it. So okay. the type is basically again how you use your energy. So 
generators and manifesting generators, like the doers, the builders, the creators, the ones that have the energy and life force to make things happen, projectors, the advisors, the guides, manifestors, the initiators and innovators, and reflectors, kind of the evaluators. And then our authority, which is, again, there's endless aspects of human design that we could dig into, but the authority is around how you make decisions. And that's so essential, especially as a business owner, entrepreneur, coach, or anyone, like we're making decisions all the time. And human design really helps us tap into a way of making decisions that is not about like creating a pro-con list and like rationalizing it, but like a deeper kind of felt knowing. So let me actually talk about yours first, because I'm curious how it resonates with you. So you're what we call a self-projected projector, which is such a weird name, but it basically (laughs) means that like you're designed to, and take it or leave it, of course, you're designed to make decisions best by talking things out. Clarity comes when you give it a voice. And so the best thing that you're meant to do, and this is not true for me, I'm a projector, but totally different in this way. Like you're meant to really kind of surround yourself with people that you trust and just like, let it come out, like not planning and kind of like when you say something out loud, it might be like, yeah, feels really good. I'm into that, you know? And so you're not actually looking for advice from other people. It's like, just like them serving as sounding boards. I imagine the podcast is a really kind of useful and powerful way to kind of practice with that. And then one other piece I would share about yours is that you've also got a very strong sense of identity in your design. And so I would say also when making decisions, it's probably useful to ask yourself questions like, will this decision allow my self-expression? Will it really allow my creativity? Does it really make me feel like me? How does that feel to you? Oh, that feels spot on. What's also interesting is that something that I do a lot of is mentor coach other coaches. And in that, they'll coach me sometimes. And, And it comes up repeatedly, like you are such a verbal processor, Meg. Yes. It's like, I just am. And, and so even when I'm like being coached as a mentor, I have to be super cautious about just going because I'm supposed to be allowing them to mentor. And when I work with my own coach, then I can just like, let it go. But I'm always having to kind of like, Meg, this is a mentor session for them. There's You can't just like, because I could literally coach myself, like they could ask me two questions and I could just coach the whole set, just coach myself by totally processing out loud. You know, that's the best though. Even when I do sessions with self-projected projectors, like, you know, and often in sessions, like I'm really giving them a lot of information about their design, but I ask so many questions, you know, just because like, it's by saying the things out loud, they're like, yeah, that feels right. Yeah, that does. And it's like, those are going to be the best venues for them. So I love that. I love that it resonates, you know, and it's useful. You can see like where it's like having a partner know that, having a collaborator know that. So they kind of like know to like ask you questions. And that's exactly how you process. You might even find journaling, voice recording can also be really useful. And then to give you a taste of the other ones, there are emotional decision makers. I fall in this category, which is basically around not making decisions in the moment. So if you're emotional, it's all about sleeping on things, feeling into things, like giving yourself 24 to 72 hours to really confirm it's right and making a decision not from a super heightened emotional place, but a very kind of cool, calm, grounded one. There are sacral decision makers, which is all about kind of trusting their gut response in the moment, which is a very kind of visceral belly feeling. Mm -hmm. And these people like in the moment, instantaneous have clarity. And the best way to access it is to have them to ask them specific questions. So instead of being like, where do you want to go? I would ask them like, do you want to go here or here, do this or this, you know? And they're like, yes, no, yes, no. You know? And then there are splenic decision makers, which is all about kind of trusting their intuitive knowing in the moment, which is different than the gut response. Gut is that very visceral belly. Intuition is just like a quiet knowing, a whisper, like a feeling that you have, a voice that you hear so spontaneous. So they're actually meant to be quite spontaneous in their decisions, but also really cultivate practices that quiet them down. And what's that name again? Splenic. 
It's based on the spleen in human design. So S-P-L-E-N-I-C. People call it splenic as well. There are ego authorities, which are ego decision makers, which is all about kind of making decisions based on like what their heart is in, what they have the willpower for, what they really desire and are motivated to make happen. And they've got so much energy to give, but it's so important in all their decisions to feel like they're really taken care of. Like, so it's really important to ask themselves the question, like, is my energy taken care of in this? Like, is this really like a good enough deal for me that I feel like I like can give a lot, but receive a lot. And then finally, there are mental authorities, or we call them sounding board as well, which is they're all around talking things out like you, but there's an added layer of being so sensitive to their space. So often talking things out in a few different spaces that feel good. And then finally, there are lunar authorities, which is just possible for reflectors. And they're designed to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision, which always wow. Wow. Like so wild to me, but every reflector I talked to is like, oh my God, yes. And so like, I think my reminder, if there are any reflectors listening is that I know it's not always feasible to give yourself that time. I think what's most important is that you make a decision on a timeline that works for you and not kind of under pressure from other people, you know, and just like giving yourself space to move at a pace that works for you. So that's, that's just like a very high level, but no okay. high level, but it's interesting. Cause as you yeah. say that, like a do people ever, like, I'm wondering, even for you audience, like, as Aaron is sharing this, do you have people popping into your brain? Like when you yeah. were talking about the reflector, and then you were just talking about the very last authority where they need to have that kind Good of, t- yeah, I'm thinking of my oldest son, like repeated, wow, I just like, yeah. it just is popping. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that's what Daniel is. So it's interesting. It's so, and it's so useful for families. You know, I do so many family sessions because I think understanding, like, I mean, same with like understanding a team, it's like understanding kids, you know, you can imagine like you're a manifesting generator parent and you have a projector kid and you're like, why are they keeping up? And why are they not doing it like me? And it's just like understanding and appreciating the differences, I think creates so much empathy and compassion and understanding and also helps us know exactly how best to communicate with and support somebody. And so I think it really just brings us so much closer together when we really start to appreciate that, like we're built to operate differently. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, how are you using human design with teams or with like, how, how are you bringing this work forward? Yeah. So I work with a lot of individuals, of course, just in terms of supporting them and really finding alignment with their own designs. I think that what initially drew me to human design was a hundred percent the application of teams only because as I shared, I came from a lot of team environments where it felt like there was a lot of potential, but there was not a deep level of understanding of one Mm -hmm. another. And so with teams, you know, it varies. Like I often will go in and kind of do deep dive team workshops to really support the team and helping them know how they operate best as a unit, you know, like how best to communicate with each person, what kind of teams each person works best in, like how they make decisions, where their strengths are, where they might get taken off track, all those things. And so like, it's just such a fun it's so fun and so revealing because I think when we start to like have that information, it really like we're able to just like operate so much more effectively because I think we get so tripped up when we really expect someone to be similar to us or different than what they are. And so like, I think that these team sessions are so powerful and just like revealing how best to function individually and together. And there's ongoing work and they get written guides and all sorts of things, but it really is kind of like all with the intention of like, how can I better understand the people that I'm working with and know exactly how to communicate and work with them and really just like leverage their unique gifts, you know, and not expect them to be anything, but like exactly what they are. And that's so good. I think that in any teamwork we do, when we bring in an instrument, when we bring in a tool to help, it's just kind of maybe opening up perspective that not everybody's exactly like you. Like when when people can see like, this is my type, but there's other types and just opening up consideration of that. I think 
gives new opportunity for different kind of communication and different kind of understanding and just sharing perspective, like can be so valuable. 100%, you know, and even at the very least, like it's going to give them like a very common language. Like, you know, I need time when I make decisions or like, I like to have like specific questions or general questions asked. Like, so I think it just gives people tools to just really like think about like, how can you work with me best? Like, how can you get the best out of me? So it's really such a powerful tool individually, but so much in our relationship to other people. So now what, this is such wonderful information. And I hope that everybody's curiosity is getting kind of raised about like, what did Aaron say that really resonated with me? And I wonder if that's kind of who I am and what my design is. What have we left on the table that can be helpful for us to understand these concepts or to be able to think about how we might apply? So I think that like, you know, and we don't have to go into all the details here, but I think that like, I would say two other aspects of our design that would be really useful to look into is I mentioned this earlier that there are areas in our design where we're very sensitive. And so those are called our open centers and they're going to be the shapes that are white in your design. And so like, it's so powerful to dig into those because they're the areas that can take us the most off track, but also where we have the most to learn. And just to kind of give you a simple example of yours, like one of your biggest ones is just like being such an empath. And so this is such a gift of yours because you feel so much. And you probably feel what other people are feeling in a very heightened way, but it can also be really overwhelming if you don't know how to work with it. And you're kind of losing yourself on what's yours, what's not trying to fix other people's stuff, making decisions based on other people's emotions. And so, you know, so much of the lesson you're here to learn is like a very healthy detachment and awareness of what's yours and what's not. And like, you can probably be such an amazing coach and therapist because you can mirror back to people what they're feeling and give them language for it. But it does require that you don't take it on as your own, you know? And so kind of, do you feel that one within yourself? As in the journey of the 30 plus years that I've been doing this, super definitely did not have these skills when I was a brand new therapist. Was very of course, very open to not just didn't have very good boundaries. And that's really been something that's had to be I've had to figure out over the years yeah. how to and I continue to feel deeply, mm-hmm. but being able to somehow determine how I'm going to do that as a professional. Yeah. And it's also, again, it's like your greatest gift, you know? And so just like understanding these areas and knowing exactly where we're taking other people's energy and energy and exactly where we have to create those boundaries is essential. So they're like nine possible ones. So that's such a powerful area to dig into. And then the last piece is around our profile which is around kind of how we're designed to manifest our purpose. And I'll just give you the example of yours. So you're a two, four profile. And it basically means that you're like, have a very hermit energy in your design where you really like, it's good to like pull away and be in your own space. You're also very much meant to be just like a natural at what you do. Like you just kind of bring an innate genius to what you do that you might not always be able to explain. It's like, I did all the trainings, I did the things, but also like, I can't always teach everything that I do. Like there's just a thing that I bring. And then also you have this very community piece in your design where so many of your opportunities are meant to come from the people that you know, from your relationships. And so really you're meant to be like friends with the people that you're kind of collaborating with and all that. It's so healthy. And so for you, you've got this hermit community piece and it's all about finding balance of like not spending so much time alone that people can't find you, but not so much time with people that you get fatigued. So kind of finding that dance. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely (laughs) resonates with me. Absolutely resonates with me. And what's funny is that uh, I had a guest who was getting ready to do the show with me, listen to some of my shows and, and she emailed me and she said, are you best friends with everybody that you interview? Cause totally. we're, yeah. And I'm like, well, actually 
No, but I just love everybody. I I mean, it's just, but you're right. Then we also have to kind of have that permit piece also really resonates. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's both, you know, and it's like, it's like seemingly opposite yet equally important. It's just all about kind of finding balance, you know? And I think human design can sometimes reveal these things that can actually feel inconsistent where it's like, can I be both? And it's like, I actually am both. I just need to like know how to find the dance between the two because leaning too far on one side is not going to feel good. I love the analogy of dancing between the two. I think that that's a beautiful representation of exactly what we need to do. Totally. So there's endless layers, but those are two other kind of additional pieces that I think are really can be really actionable and useful for people as well. So if people want to learn more and see what you have to offer and those kinds of things, how, how can they connect with you? So I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. I I share a lot on Instagram at Erin Claire Jones. My website is erinclairejones.com. And one of the best places to get started is I have something called a blueprint, which is a 30 plus page written guide to your unique design, which covers all the pieces we talked about today, those open centers, profile, all of it. And I make each of them. And it's a really just like meant to be a very empowering, actionable resource to your design. So we have a discount code for that if you want to use that. And then I also offer private sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions, workshops that I'll be doing a training soon as well. Excellent. So we will have links for all of the best ways to get a hold of Erin Claire and to be able to access that discount code in the show notes. Erin, thank you so much for taking time to share your incredible perspective and knowledge. And it was fun for me to get a little glimpse into because guys, we didn't talk about this in advance. I sent her the information (laughs) she asked for and we just talked about it during the interview today. So it's really intriguing. So wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again. So there you are, another tool that obviously has worked well for Erin and her clients and allows her to create conversation and awareness with the people that she works with. If you'd like to know more about Erin Claire Jones or human design, if you'd like to get the link for a discount to work with Erin or that ability to look up your design, go to starcoachshow.com slash 247, starcoachshow.com slash 247. All the links to connect with Claire will be right there. And I invite you back next week as we continue our journey into different strategies, tools, and resources that are going to make an impact on the work that you do. We're going to go from sort of the mystical today into some solid foundational financial building next week. So I'm going to introduce you to Michelle Cooper, who is going to give us some solid strategies for creating a strong financial foundation in our business and what we need to be doing to hold our business up and be responsible business owners. However, Michelle's all sorts of fun to talk with, so it's not a stiff or stodgy show at all. Join me next week for that. And As always, if you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you could leave a rate and review wherever you listen so that more people are attracted to the show. And as always, also feel free to share the show with 
whoever you think might benefit from it. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Have a fabulous week and we'll see you next week.